Testament reading comes from 1 Samuel, the third chapter, first ten verses. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of, the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am. And ran to old Eli and said, Here I am for you. Call me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again. Samuel. Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again, a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood calling as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak. For your servant is listening. Now our gospel reading comes from the Gospel of John, the first chapter starting at the 43rd verse. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where'd you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen.
Don't you just love call waiting? That little feature on the phones now that if you're talking away with somebody and the phone ring, you can see it. Oh, that's that call I've been waiting for. Excuse me, I got to get off. I've said that to some of y'all. Or sometimes it, ring, it rings and you go, oh, it's, a, it's that person that so calls me every day and so worried about whether my car is still under warranty. <laughs> he calls away from the other side of the earth. <laughs> I said, yeah, that warranty ran out a long time ago, didn't it? Well, call waiting is, is a nice thing, but let me ask you, spiritually, do you have call waiting? Some years ago, the news carried a sad story of a family in a small plane crash in Kentucky. The parents were both killed, and a couple of other family members, and, and a little girl named Sailor. Seven-year-old Sailor. She was alone in the cold night in the woods and wearing a, a short sleeve shirt and shorts, no shoes. She left that plane that was hanging upside down and she made her way through the thick brush until she saw a light in a, in a farmhouse a mile or so from the crash. She knocked on the door and a friendly 71-year-old fella took her in and got her help. And a week or so later, I saw an article in the, the newspaper from Wilson that said they had a follow-up story on that and they quoted this guy named Bill Howard, a bow hunter, so you, <clears throat> all our bow hunters know you can trust him, a bow hunter who teaches classes to hunters on how to survive situations where you're lost in the woods, like that little girl was. He teaches what he calls the stop method. Now I'll tell you what it is in case you're ever lost in the woods. Stop to calm your emotions, settle your mind, so you don't panic, right? The T is think. Think about where you are. What's going on around you? For example, are you or other people hurt? Does somebody need immediate first aid? You know, kind of assess the situation. And the O is for observe. Observe what you can, what you can use in your surroundings, and what landmarks might be nearby to help you identify your location. And plan what to do. For example, when darkness is coming, gather what you might need for shelter and warmth. And Howard said many times it's best just to stay where you are. Stay at the site of the crash. Since the plane, well, the planes have transponders. They send out a signal that will help rescuers find you. In this case, the little girl saw a light she could go to. And that's what helped save her life. And one thing he said, Howard said, is that, that if you leave a crash scene, leave a sign. And he said, use three limbs or three somethings, whatever you can find three of, to point in the direction you headed. Because one thing, that might be nothing and just happenstance. Two, well, that could be a coincidence. But three things, he said, three things, that's a universal signal of I went that way. Today we have two stories about being called, about the way to go. And at least one of them involves that three 
Satan on. Our Bible readings today present two stories of people being called to serve God. And as we look at these two calls, think about what we can learn about our call as Christians, our Christian vocation. And by the way, that word vocation, it comes from the old Latin roots, vocari. Vocari means to call. It's the same Latin word we get words like uh, voice or vocal from. So vocation is literally a calling. And as we consider the call of that little boy Samuel, remember how important he would grow up to be. He's the last of the judges of Israel. Some of their judges were people who were deciders, like we think of judges, you know. The ones you see on all those law shows. Others, others were really more military leaders, and Samuel was a bit of both. But he was not able to defeat the Philistines later on. The Philistines' threat to Israel is one, one of the big reasons that the people of Israel clamored for, demanded a king. And it was Samuel whom God would lead to name first Saul as the first king of Israel, and then secondly David later on to be the second king. And Samuel was also a priest, as we're told in, uh, well, the 99th Psalm, as his mother uh, Hannah promised. But Samuel is usually referred to as a prophet, someone who speaks for God. And as we read, young Samuel was sleeping when he heard a voice calling him by name. Samuel. He went to the person most likely to have called him, his boss, his mentor, his teacher, Eli the priest. And after the third call, old Eli, he figures it out and tells Samuel how to respond, and he does. And then young Samuel had a conversation with God. Well, if you stop reading where we did, you have a sweet story about the calling of a little boy who had become a great judge and prophet. But the message God had for young Samuel was not good news for old Eli. Basically, God told Samuel to tell Eli, you're fired, and your <laughs> sons are in big trouble. You see, Eli had done a pretty good job as a priest and a judge, and, and a lousy job as a parent. His sons had been stealing from the offering pot and abused their power, and Eli had not reigned in his sons. So let me ask you, have you been called? Nowadays we usually think of ministers, missionaries being called, but the truth is we're all called to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to bear witness to God by how we make decisions, by how we treat other people, how we live. And many of you remember that I served for six years or so on this Presbyterian committee that works with uh, young people, well, usually they're young, some of them old, uh, who are going through that journey of becoming ordained. Our Presbytery has about 40 or 50 people at one time, somewhere in that process. Some are about to go to seminary, some are there, some are completing it. Usually, I would meet these people when they first became applicants, seeking to come under what's called care of the Presbyterian to begin that journey. 
toward nation. Over and over, these folks, some so young, some not so young, they talk about how they come to the conclusion that ministry was their calling. Many would say, well, it was gradual. They grew up in church, or they kind of gradually came. Or people told them that this is something they should do, and they thought about it. A whole bunch of them would say, I, was, I, I promised everybody in my high school class, my college class, I would never be no preacher. And here they were. <laughs> a lot of times they'd say, oh, I didn't have any Damascus Road experience. I didn't see a light. I didn't hear God talking to me directly. It was more gradual than that. Well, the truth is, I've never heard of anybody that had that kind of call except the Apostle Paul. Nobody. He was unique. But the point is, somehow, whether it was over a period of weeks or months or years or decades, God got them the message that this was the right path for them. Well, it might be the right path for you, too. Or God might have a very different path for you. Whatever you work you find in your vocation, your calling, do it to the glory of God. Who is Psalm 139 said that Johnny read earlier? Made us wonderfully, who knit us together in our mother's womb. Whatever you do, do it for God, the God who loves us, who saves us, who guides us, and who calls us by name. Now, when Philip, our other story, when Philip told Nathaniel he had found the Messiah, the one Moses and the prophets had written and spoken of. Nathaniel essentially said, no way, man. Ain't no way a Messiah would come from Nazareth. Nazareth didn't get any respect. There's a place above, uh, up above Raleigh in Franklin County that's called the Hurricanes. And you never will meet anybody that says, I'm from the Hurricanes. They say, well, I live near there. But that, it, it had a bad reputation, that area. Not good reputation, it? And people would not think anything would good come, come from that area because it was poor and had such a bad reputation. Well, I don't know whether Nazareth had a bad reputation, but it was not an important place. It was not prominent in the Old Testament. In fact, the Old Testament doesn't mention it at all, not even once. And did you notice how Philip responded? He didn't argue. He didn't say, now you shouldn't judge a person by where they come from. He didn't say any of that. He said, come and see. So how can we do that? Well, I have a challenge for you. Choose something that you really like about Berea Presbyterian Church. It might be something about the way we worship. Music. Ordinarily, our Sunday school discussions were not in the middle of a pandemic, or for that matter, the fellowship of the men's group, the ladies' groups, which hopefully we'll get to have again soon, or the food of those special donors. I sure do miss your chili, right? <laughs> not to mention Joyce's coconut pie. All the other good cooking folks shared on those events. It might be the way everybody welcomes each other on Sunday. It might be the way people get together and say, well, this needs doing. Let's figure out which one of us can do it. And, and people do it. Things get done. Something. Pick out something you really like and tell somebody about it and say to them, come 
come and sing. Come worship with us. I remember when Paul was a little boy, our son, uh, one of his friends from school came to church and came to Sunday school and I, I asked him, how is it? How is it that you came to invite your friend to church? And he said, well, we were talking and he was talking about church and I said, I like my church. Won't you come visit my church? And he did. He said, our Sunday school teacher, it was okay to invite a visitor. So I'm telling you, like the teacher told Paul, it's okay to invite a visitor. So if a first grader can do it, right? If a first grader can do it, <laughs> we can too. Well, when Jesus met Nathaniel and told him he had seen him under the fig tree before Philip had ever told him about Jesus, Nathaniel was so impressed with him. Jesus told Nathaniel that if he followed Jesus, he would see even greater, more impressive things, things more remarkable than that. And let me tell you, if you are ready to follow Jesus Christ, you will find your life transformed. Come and see. Your call is waiting. Thanks be to God.